and welcome back to the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals. I'm Tyler. And I'm Steven. <laughs> that was wrong. I'm Steven. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now that that's settled, we have a great guest on today. Mr. Joe Pomeroy. Joe Pomeroy works for Friday Beers, a little bit of a new, interesting multimedia company. I would say in the likes of Barstool, they use Instagram, TikTok, the whole nine yards of the Gen Z, and, and they're really killing it out there. They're killing it out there, and he's coming into this new emerging multimedia space, actually from the TV world. He was working on Big Brother for a while and told us some cool stories about people yelling over the fence, spilling some beans. Uh-oh, oh, we'll get into it. Uh, but before, we know Joe Pomeroy because when we came out to Los Angeles as a part of Temple University's LA Study Way program in 2018, we were all roommates together. Me, Tyler, Joe Pomeroy, and Jimmy. And Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's not on the podcast, but Joe Pomeroy, he's a character, and he's got a lot to share. And he brought some beer, so let's listen. <laughs> yes, he did. We drank beer on the podcast yeah. in celebration for Friday beers. 8.05. <laughs> yes, he did. Here's Joe. Welcome to the mail room. Joey P. <laughs> on the podcast, Joe Pomeroy. I haven't seen this man in two years. Has it been that long? Yeah, because uh, the last time I saw you was the summer of 2019. And now it is 2021 winter. And that was your second stint at NBC? No, I wasn't at NBC. I was at uh, Atlas Entertainment. Right. Near the Tinder uh, HQ. Near the Tinder HQ. I lived right there. Hmm. You went to my uh, apartment for July 4th yeah. one day. We had some glizzies. It was sick. Did. <laughs> Jeez. Did I saw you a couple times since then, but yeah. not not really. We I mean, technically see each other. 2020 was something else. Yeah. I didn't I was actually I think I was more east coast than I was uh here. You were going back to the east coast? Uh I went back to the east coast probably four or five months out of that year while you were working while i was working working west coast hours on the east isn't it the worst it's awful 12 to 9 like la is different obviously it's a bigger city and like everything was on lockdown yeah i was like i can't do anything at least in my hometown you could go out and like just wear a mask and i could be with my family mm-hmm. and the flights were so cheap that i was like why not yeah but it was a huge mistake it was because, a mistake? Yeah. What did you miss like, out on? So I worked at a uh, film studio called Solstice Studios. Mm-hmm. And I was a creative advertising associate. So what I was doing, my boss was doing, was the trailer, or trailers and movie posters. Like, that's his that's his gig. He's, he's a genius when it comes to that stuff. That's pretty cool. But the movie that was coming out, I don't know if you guys heard of it, Unhinged mm-hmm. uh, with Russell Crowe. Yeah. So that was like the first movie back in theaters after COVID, like, I guess not after COVID, during COVID, like to open theaters back up. So we had to push this trailer like two or three times, push the release date. So we're like numerous nights because I'm on the East Coast staying up until like three or four in the morning, like getting deliverables, getting it to the post house. Um, And so that was tough. It was just a weird year altogether because like I met my boss he hired me i worked for him for a week in the office had my own office and everything i thought it was the coolest job ever i was like i have my own office now my own space 
Um, this is something I've never done, mm-hmm. like creative advertising. And that Friday is when they were like, all right, we're going into lockdown next Monday. And so I hadn't seen him. I was hired in March. Didn't see him March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and then was laid off in December. You were laid off after all that? I was laid off, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. They laid off the entire marketing department. What? Yeah. They were they were basically like, I think our company is going to end up switching over to streaming. So we only need pretty much a select few. So um, here you are. You're at Solstice Studios. You're doing marketing. Uh, was it a good company to work for? Did you like the job at least? So it was weird. Um, you guys knew I worked for... DC Comics, when I first came out here. Yes, mm-hmm. when we were all in the program together. All in the Temple oh. University program. Study way program. And here you, so you moved out for good. Here I am coming out for a summer. And yeah, so same with Tyler. was a wee little boy at the time. And um, you came out to live in Los Angeles forever. So, <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so I came out, I drove out here with my mother. Uh, we did a whole road trip. It was awesome. And Philly to LA? Philly to LA. We hit a bunch of cities on the way out here. I made like an itinerary for it because I had never driven across the coast. Certain cities I hadn't seen before. Um, so we hit all the major cities. We went to, to uh, New Orleans, uh, I think Austin. Uh, we went to Grand Canyon, Vegas. Very fun. Well, you really went out of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you we spent to... like 14 days trying to get out of here. Yeah. Do you remember seeing them pull up in the car, like uh-huh. at the Oakwoods? Yeah, I we, remember we, seeing you. They wouldn't let us into our apartment because yeah. uh, for whatever reason. It was, oh, I, that's right. They were, yeah, they were, they were cleaning like, them, quote yeah, unquote. They were like, we haven't cleaned the apartment I remember, yet. I, yeah, I walked in. Well, no, I remember we were just... like the last ones in the apartment. Like the whole program, I think, got in before us. Mm-hmm. We were just like in the parking lot like. I, I walked in to see our room, I remember, and there was a plate of pasta sitting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I guess whoever was there had been there like literally <laughs> the day before. before. Hungry. And then Ian Abel got us a pizza from Reno's Pizza in the oh, Valley. Yeah. And that was our introduction to Reno's, which we ate probably like a dozen, two dozen times. So I moved to LA at the end of the summer, so I had enough credits to graduate. I actually, senior year, I did the least amount of credits possible and kept like three or four open so that I could do the study away program and then graduate at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even walk. I didn't walk for graduation. Um, I had the option to, but I said, uh, I didn't walk either for graduation. I didn't want to. Well, was that because of COVID? Yep. Yeah. That sucks. Didn't even have a graduation. Not even a virtual one. They didn't even. Um, but yeah, so then I finished courses that summer. Uh, and then in August of 2018, uh, I called my parents and I said, hey, I just signed a lease and dropped the deposit. Um, and they knew that they pretty much knew that I was coming, but I didn't tell them I was looking for an apartment. I was like, so I'm not coming back. And they were like, okay, we support you, yada, yada. But it's kind of like on you now because they helped me. They paid for schooling. They helped me through the program. And then it was start your life. And uh, so I, any the... The DC Comics internship was paid, but any money I made off that went right to my apartment. So I was dead broke. I've never been that broke. Like the apartment that we were living in together. No, the apartment that you came to visit in Koreatown. Oh. That was my first apartment like out of school. 
And you, you're still interning for DC Comics? So that internship ended. Okay. I get the apartment, and then I have no job, and I'm dead broke. Oh. And uh, mm. so I'm like, I kind of took a breather for like a few weeks, but I was actively looking for work. Nothing was hitting. And my roommate, who I live with now, Jimmy Gemmel, who you guys know, who was our fourth roommate mm-hmm. uh, that summer. We had four roommates. Had we, a, are th- uh, we are three of them. I had a uh, I had a job at a like an auction house like an online auction house. Yeah, the car sales. the car. No, it was no. Different. This it was, was it was the member. This is the memorabilia. Oh, yes. right, dude. It was so shady. Um, <laughs> so weird. But they were paying fifteen an hour. I was like, I'm not turning that down. 15? So I went there fifteen. Oh, oh. But like overtime was nice. I've ne- and when you're used to minimum wage being eight dollars on the right. east coast and then fifteen dollars, I was like, this is insane sure um so i needed a job got that job worked there for a little bit and from a contact at dc comics she passed my resume off to someone at big brother the cbs show right Um, and they called me like two or three months into this sales job and said hey we're hiring for celebrity big brother celebrity season two i think it was um can you come in? And they're all the way in the valley. I was in Koreatown at the time. Studio City, right? Studio at City. At CBS yeah. Radford? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I went, interviewed, didn't hear back for two months. And I was like, all right, this is beat. Like, I have to stick to the sales job. They hit me back up and said, hey, we'd like you to come on board as like a day player. So I did that for a day. And at the end of my first day, they were like, here's your badge, you're full time. So, so what, did, what did you do? Did they love you or were they just like, we need people? I think they needed people, but they also saw that like I was just, I just kept my head down and just like did what I was told. And I, a lot of PAs make the mistake of like when there's downtime sitting around um, or like finding areas to sit around. I was just constantly moving to just make sure like whenever my boss saw me, I was moving. Um, it's a good way to be. And I think that contributed to it, but I also think they were, he was stressed out um, because they were low on numbers. And uh, it turned out to be great because I just said to the sales job, I'll see you later. And they were, they were like, whatever. They ended up going under because it was super shady. But Jimmy was still there. <laughs> no, Jimmy got a job at a visual effects company, so yeah. he got out almost the same time I did, which is great. Um, I want to yeah. talk. I want to talk about Big Brother for a minute. So, I mean, Tyler, you uh, you PA'd. Is mm-hmm. that right? Is it like? Is it correct that like if you're moving around, if you're being that active, proactive PA, you're gonna get noticed? Well, you heard me. I said it's a good way to be. You know, like if you're if you're a PA and you're just like sitting around during your downtime. You're wasting the ticket on set that you are given. Like you, you have the opportunity to talk to so many people, which it sounds like you did, right? I'm not necessarily like a social butterfly in the sense. Fair. As much as I like, kind of, I do my best to keep my head down and observe first, um, and then pick the people that like. Oh, I feel like I could probably drive with them. Why don't I go pick their brain? For sure. Beware um, the quiet man. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I don't want to seem like overzealous at first or like sure. over like talkative. Because, I don't know, I get in my own head where I watch people do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to constantly network instead of working. 
which there's a balance i oh, think yeah. it's annoying like i feel you like. working and networking at the same time like mm-hmm. you're you're making those relationships as you're doing something for someone mm-hmm. if that makes sense um, I would say maybe in industry terms, that's a very uh, green way to go about your job. Is that, yeah, did I, I would, say that correctly? That, that's correct. But at the same time, it's actually kind of crazy because sometimes it works. Really? Like, I've, I've just seen it so many times where like you have that extremely eager PA yeah. and you know they're seasoned or they're not and they just got there and they're successful and just talking to anybody and super high energy. And some people respond well to that. And like it's just I guess it's just hard because you can't look at things like yeah and no that's just my yeah. opinion that's how I yeah exactly I know I know myself and mm-hmm. I would never try to be that person because sure. it's just like I don't have that energy um but to your point I've seen that work countless it's times crazy. and it's wild it's crazy. and I, I like it's almost annoying but it's like good for them they yeah it's a, for them. so when you say it works what is working is it like are they getting promoted are they making they're just getting jobs beyond the job they're already at okay exactly which again like is great but then it makes me think oh you're all you're constantly looking to the next thing mm-hmm. which is great like you want to move up the ladder sure but that might mean you're not uh, your your head isn't at that one job, right. like your full attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I feel like that is also maybe a Hollywood way, for sure. Yeah. No. And What's then, next? What's next? Yeah. Well, that's why, like, <laughs> and I shout out Temple University. I don't, I don't attribute much of my success to Temple, mm-hmm. not because it wasn't a good school, but because I feel like no one can really prepare you for Hollywood Hollywood until you're actually here. That's what we talk about that constantly. Just about honestly, like nothing against Temple University. I feel like it's almost any school. Yeah. Does yeah. not go into the let's have a class on how to act when you are production assistant on a set exactly and yeah. let's put a, a we'll be in the soundstage we'll put a person over here and a person <laughs> over there and you're doing a job over here um who how do you approach <laughs> these people it's almost and like they, they should have like a class where <laughs> right. they're like what's wrong in on this set and yeah. like an empty like crafty table no. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean that's it's it's Everyone has a different experience. It's who you meet, it's how you talk to people, it's who likes you. It's it's weird. And also nepotism is pretty That's fair. Pretty gnarly but out here. You said you kept your head down and that's your strategy and that is you... my strategy. My strategy is just to like it reminds me of sports, kind of. Like I don't necessarily this is gonna sound like pretentious. Uh, I don't necessarily want a pat on the back or need a pat on the back. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, like at the end of the season, I do want to be recognized. I don't need it throughout, but as long as like, I just keep my head down work hard um, and I'm thanked later on, that's fine. So I, I, I don't need a constant, like pick me up. I can right. see like, it. It's like striking out in baseball. It's not like, like in the next bear is coming up and he high fives you. It's like, no, I don't want that high five right now. I sure. fucking struck out. Yeah. But I, I could see how that strategy could backfire as well as be a pro like, I would say that if you are that overzealous, eager PA, it it, it could work 
in maybe two ways. Like, if you do it correctly, one, it could get you promoted. Two, it could make you hated by a lot of people on the set. Like, I think keeping your head down will make you that middle-of-the-pack team player. You're not going anywhere. You're a very valued person. You're only positive things to say about this person. But uh, will it get you as quickly to somewhere, like, where you want to be? Maybe Farce Gump. Yeah. But... Um, I feel like maybe that doesn't happen every day. I like am not promoting my strategy, but (laughs) any means I think like, I think I'm on one end of the spectrum and that overzealous, like eager PA is on the other. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a solid middle ground to that. You're both unapologetically yourselves. And I think you have to come out here and especially in an industry that's not straightforward and just be yourself and do things the way you got to do it. Like you, you can't, the more you conform, I feel like the less, no, I agree. Organic, your your path is. I mean, and it's worked out thus far. Um, after, like, if you you want to keep talking about Big Brother, I just wanted to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was gonna move on because so it was Celebrity Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Then I they sure. uh, they they have a break in the season. Uh, they select a few PAs to wrap out. I did not get selected that first time around, um, and then I had to go back to that sales job. And it sucked. I went back for like three weeks. I hit up my former boss, uh, coordinating producer at Big Brother. And I said, hey, listen, I'm looking for a job. I know that the next season's starting up. Any availability? And he kind of gave me like, hey, we're still like looking for staffing situations um, for this summer. I'll, I'll keep you posted. I hit him up a week later and said, hey, listen, I'm going to start looking for other jobs. And he said, no, 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 no. Like, we want you on. So... I went back for the summer season, met a ton of PAs because the celebrity season is only like uh, six weeks, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, the summer season was from May. Uh, May's pre-production ends in September. So I had I had a good amount of time on a show, which is why people go back because it's, kind of, it's like a security blanket. That show is super long mm-hmm. uh, for freelancers. But I met a ton of PAs I loved and that was a great summer it was busy it was like 60 plus hours a week mm-hmm. um, but that's when I started to get a bit more eager a bit more talkative okay. I'm very reserved so it so it ended up it worked it, yeah. because you got I got a little bit more eager I started meeting people like people started seeing my work and reaching out to me I got reached out by the paint department they said would you ever do paint because I can maybe get you a permit to join the union. And I thought about that for a while. Mm. So then at the end of that season, or towards the end of it, DC Comics reached back out and said, hey, we have an opening. I was an events intern at DC Comics. And, and what does that entail, being events intern? Events intern, not much. I didn't learn much while I was there, except how to like present yourself in an office setting. Sure. Um, but it was basically dealing with comic cons and then i would have to do the like printing of like uh, schedules and shit for meetings um so very low-key enthusiastic like admin work what administrative work yeah yeah admin work um what was that i i always said you seem so enthusiastic yeah see i uh i've had two or three desk jobs actually maybe three or four while i've been out here I don't think I'll ever go back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not, I'm very, uh, I need to move. I even mm-hmm. like, I'll 
I'll move in my seat, whether it's like tapping my foot or something. So that's why I like PAing, but I know you have to move on from that. Sure. So at the end of PAing there, um, oh, I skipped the part. So at the beginning of that summer, that new season, Big Brother, when they said, no, we want you back, um, the story team, which is uh, basically the team that puts together the story for the episode, they mm-hmm. take note of, um, you've worked unscripted, yeah. right? Yeah, so um, it's, they put they put together the script or how the, the episode's gonna run that, that week. Uh, they take the key plot points, like who's bickering with who, who's forming a line. This is on Big Brother. Here. Yeah. And uh, one of the story producers needs an assistant to write hot sheets, mm-hmm. which is basically a summary of what happened the last three or four days, like big notable moments. Now this is the juicy, I'm really yeah. interested in this. I helped write those. Wait, okay. is that what the announcer says? Like last week on Big Brother. Well, so similar, <laughs> but these hot sheets are what is taken to all the CBS executives. Got it, got it. Okay. To, because like okay. Big Brother is a 24 hour show. So there's like staggered time. When the season starts, oh my you get a week, you get a weekend or a half a weekend and they start overnights. So your schedule will go from 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. because you get a half hour lunch. Um, and then the next week they might give you a day or two off and then after your day or two off, your call time is 7 p.m. and you're there till 7.30 a.m. And then you're driving home in morning rush hour traffic to Koreatown to then sleep all day to then meet that call time again that same day. You get home, you sleep, you leave that same day for the second night shift. And sometimes you do that five days in a row. And you love that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fucking sick. <laughs> Um, I can no, do that. I like, I, I can do that yeah, I borderline fell almost fell asleep at the wheel a couple of times. Just yeah, well, that's like, a big problem. Like, I, like, yeah, in working for a line producer, like on, my, on this last show, when we'd run into these like overnight issues, a lot of it comes down to like, is this safe to keep the crew here this long under these conditions? Because if they get an accident, like, we're technically liable for it. So, as you moved up the ranks, were you able to? Uh, pick a better shift like I did I so that's cool so uh, because I was writing the hot sheets I kind of made a schedule with my with the producer the story producer Mm -hmm. and said can I like go to my direct supervisor with this schedule does this work for you and he said yeah whatever you need to do he was very nice about it and I went to my boss I was like hey this is the schedule that makes sense for me like I can't I can't be doing these overnights and he said sure so. Wow, I I would freak out because I'm such a person that needs to get into a routine. Yeah, and like <laughs> I couldn't imagine waking up at like eating breakfast at seven thirty at night. I would I just Dude, it was wild. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. To, well, I no, you're lunch eating, at, but you're eating dinner. When like <laughs> you wake, so I was waking up at like probably like four or five p.m. to shower, and then drive, get there a little bit early. And because they're not, they're not looking out for the people that it's have 20, overnight. It's 24 hours. So, yeah, they're so not looking out for people that have overnight. Catering's, the <laughs> catering is serving dinner. So I'm having, <laughs> I'm having steak for breakfast <laughs> and then working the next 12 hours. And would they at least feed you like a lunch at 2 in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they had time. And then, like, and then you'd eat breakfast for dinner and go home? Yep. <laughs> yeah. You take a few breakfast burritos home. 
um, and then you you try your best to eat them before passing out on your couch. And the actors are sleeping the entire time? That you're... Most of the time, yeah. Uh, like, like The house guests are sleeping. So it's not a terrible shift because not much is going on, but you have those like closing uh, checklists that you have to make sure. So that's the beginning of your shift. And then the rest of the time is pretty low key. It's just kind of like another facet to it, which I should have mentioned is there are Big Brother super fans. And our stage backs up to the uh, the LA River. And so there's a, fe- there's a fence, there's CBS, fence, LA River, fence, apart, the real world. And it's uh, Colfax Ave. And we have watches, like PAs sit there mm-hmm. and make sure that super fans don't come by. It happened two or three times while I was there. And it was a huge deal um, because they brought like a stereo system and they started yelling. Because the whole name of the game is like, these house guests are in it to win $500,000 or some godly amount. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the game is strategy. Like you're talking behind people's backs, yada, yada. But the whole, anyone who's watching the show knows what's going on behind other people's backs. So when these super, super fans come, they start spewing out secrets that, that the house guests would know Wait, so when over they- a sound system. Because there's a backyard. It's, it's aired live. It's a live it's show. It's a live well, show. No, that- like, so I think it's... What Tuesday, Thursday nights is live, yeah, and then the Tuesday live. show and yeah. the other show and Sunday are both like pre-recorded. Oh my! And that God. actually, I was working on Mythic Quest at CBS Radford. Oh, we were on nice nineteen was. and twenty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that happened during our shooting a couple times, where there were these super fans at the LA River coming <laughs> by with air horns and stereos, trying to like spill all the gossip that was going on. They're like, Rachel is gonna like turn on you, Vanessa, and then like. Yeah. Then there's like a swarm of people going over there and like all the security guards security and guns. stuff. We, we were given air horns to blow in their face. Oh, so maybe could, that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what it was. Like we, you had to blow an air horn in their face or <laughs> into the speakers <laughs> so that they couldn't, so the house couldn't hear what so was being that, said. That's the Big Brother protocol. If <laughs> the super fans come, you blow an air you horn. Not, you can't touch them. You're not allowed to tell them you take down the license plate, you yell at them or whatever, and then you walk in code red. I had a code red once, and I didn't know that that was what you were supposed to say. And I was, and I was on the roof. It's called Banner Watch, and uh, you look out for drones. And a drone came over the backyard where the house guests were, and uh, you're supposed to say like code red immediately. And I was like, "Hey, uh, we got a drone up here," and they were like, "What? Repeat that?" I was like, "Yeah, there's a drone." They're like, "Code red, code red, over and I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I missed that debriefing first day. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because I've been thinking about it. But when you, like before you got this position as a story editor's assistant, right? Right. Is this a job you seeked out or this was an opportunity that came that you were interested in and, and took? So they, um, and good on them, they do a uh, they do an exit interview every season. And they mm-hmm. say, what are you interested in for the PAs? And you tell them. And uh Mine was story producing or story team and uh, comp department, which is competition. They think of the competitions, they execute the competitions, they work with the art department and everything. Because as a PA, you get to test the comps, which is like the best part of the job, in my opinion. So I said that at the end of uh, the first season I was on and he, my boss came to me and said, hey, there's three people in the running for this position. Would you be interested? And then the story producer interviews those three people and then picks who he wants to work with. So, yeah, that's that's how that ended up, and it was good. I mean, 
it's weird to watch back and watch in real time the house guests doing their thing talking shit and having to type that up into like two or three sentences um because you're kind of snooping it's very strange like I, i've been in the house a few times where i forget the mics are on i'm like cussing or talking shit about someone like who works for big brother and i'm like oh the like mm, mics in the house yeah are you on. gotta be careful on set so yeah yep. always 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 think that there is a hot mic or live mic nearby because yes. someone's always listening it's a good tip <laughs> <laughs> Never uh, knowing that can come in. <laughs> yeah, but specifically, a Big Brother mics are always on. Is there anything else I really want to know? Is there any like? I, I feel like it's so cool to work in this non-scripted world. Is there anything else that like you just really wouldn't think of when working on a set like that? That uh, everything is on the fly. Like you can prepare for so much with unscripted, but like when a moment happens. I don't think I ever saw a fight, but there have been fights like on set where like and 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 house guests like uh, threatening to leave the show, and then the producer has to go in the diary room with them mm-hmm. over the loudspeaker and say like and talk them off the ledge. Mm-hmm. I used to watch that show religiously with my family. It's a good show. It's honestly. so like, cool. I didn't watch it. It's so cool. I had never watched it before really? I started working there. And then every day there's monitors like in every corner of the stage of the studio. Um, so you're seeing it all day, every day. And people are like, oh, did you watch the episode last night? I'm like, no, like I see everything. <laughs> I was there for it. What do yeah. you mean? Um, so. And then, so, and it's like you say that you can't prepare as much. Is there still a lot of preparing going yeah, in of like, we're sure. going to put this person with this person and hope that. This drama happens. Yeah, I mean, like, you can write, like, a lot of people are, are like, oh, unscripted is, is so scripted, yada, yada. And I, after working for Big Brother, I'm like, not really. I mean, like, there's a story team for a reason to, to string together an episode. But, like, these things are happening organically. And I've seen it firsthand because I was kind of one of those people who was like, oh, like skeptic, yeah, yeah. People t- like people told Kim Kardashian to start beef with Courtney, which that might be the case on that sure. show, but I don't know. Um, but after working at Big Brother, I'm like, no, this is this shit is happening organically, and it's it's actually kind of interesting, especially because it's a game. Like competition shows are very interesting, um, and then testing competitions as a PA is so awesome. That's so fun. Um, I guess, I would say I guess a lot of the work goes in in the casting of right, here's yeah. the type of peop- types of people that we need to you need create certain this dynamic. you need certain energies mm-hmm. like you need the the reserved guy you need the the outgoing girl and you the, the outgoing guy you need the like the hardo dude who lifts weights and just like like and it's always like good looking people. Which I mean, that's the industry, but um, and this, I think they do a pretty solid job casting on Big Brother. As of recent, they've come. I think they came under fire uh, not too long ago. I think a little bit before me about diversity and stuff. I made friends with some of the PAs on Big Brother just because we were so close during that time, and like I, I heard from one of the girls that they're not allowed to hire. Or they're not allowed to cast anybody that is even like a secondary or third connection to anybody who works on the show. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, because 
I could if even if it's like a distant for instance if my if my brother or sister got casted I would immediately go to them and be like here's what's what to expect Mm -hmm. or like a cousin or something right so that makes sense Uh, yeah and so when you're working for the story editor um what would you attribute like were they good at their job and I guess what would you attribute to someone working in a job like that being good at it or skilled at it um he is very good at his job he is like that's his that's how he makes his money Mm -hmm. um on the other side of things i think he is like predominantly like a freelance writer like writing scripts for movies he wants to get off the ground so he he's a very good writer um and those people are very good at their job they're up at all hours of the night sometimes they get called in like i was saying when when a contestant is like I'm, I'm leaving the show. I'm done. I'm sick of the drama. And they have to come in and try to help out. Talk so, off the ledge. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's a hard job, honestly, in my opinion, because it's orchestrating like an entertaining episode where it doesn't miss a beat. It's just like kind of like anything you watch on YouTube, if like something hits a lull, you're like, all right, I'm clicking onto this. Right. That's kind of what they're avoiding is they want everything to be like hit after hit. Like, that's why people want to watch the show. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely not an easy job. And I thought about it for a while. I actually uh, got asked uh, if I wanted to be a story producer at the end of my second season. And I turned it down uh, because I got called back to DC Comics as a coordinator instead of an intern. Great transition right here. <laughs> yeah, so it was... It was more admin work. I thought I was going to get a lot more. I was actually a temp. So Warner Brothers works with an agency called uh, Randstad, if you're familiar. It's kind of just like Randstad's like an agency that um, I'm sure they work for more than just Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers, for example, will be like, oh, we have an opening here. Go find someone for us. Oh, like a, we, uh, yeah. we need someone to cover this desk this day or this week. Go find someone. So I went through Randstad, but I had already, I knew people at DC from my internship and they, they were like, all right, we'll fast track this. You're not, you're going to come in for an quote unquote interview. And, uh, and then we'll just tell Randstad to hire you. So that was, that was fun. It was, it was good. I had a little bit more responsibility, but it was still that like sitting at the desk, fucking off for like at least three hours out of the day. Um, and then when I'm asked to do something, I'm kind of like not in a groove. And I fucked up more than once where like I didn't I didn't have enough like copies printed for a meeting or what have you. So I was like, I can't I can't be asked to do something, turn it off for three or four hours, and then to do something again. Like mm-hmm. I need that constant stimulation, that constant work. Um, I wanna be doing things and learning. So I was Getting a little bit sick and tired of that. I was my living situation was weird. I didn't like it at the time. I was a, not living with any friends. I, I was kind of like I was living alone. I was I rented out a room in a house of people I was sort of familiar with. So it was bizarre. It was a bar, bizarre time where I didn't really like my job. My living situation was weird. I just had like a room to myself, mm-hmm. um, and I thought about moving back home. Not home home, but like New York. Sure. And uh, I was heavily considering it more and more as the days went on. And I got an email from a woman working at a film studio 
And she said, oh, we saw you apply on LinkedIn. I didn't even remember applying. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, can you answer these three questions? And it was like, why you sh- it was like, why you should be hired or blah, 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 blah. And then your favorite marketing strategy or your favorite like publicity stunt and why. And uh, so I answered all those emails. It was What was your favorite? My favorite. So I had to immediately go online because I, like off the top of my head, I was like Deadpool, but like, no, that's like, everyone says Deadpool is around that time. It's cliche. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Shout out Ryan Reynolds. Um, but uh, no, I went online and I just started reading a bunch of like publicity stunts and like, like super unique advertising because it was for the Creative Advertising Associate at this studio. And I was like, I got to get creative here. And I found this billboard. It was for Dracula. I think it was like a BBC show. And they were like stakes in the billboard. And there was blood, I think, dripping down or obviously simulates blood. But when the sun set, the shadow that the stakes formed was like the profile of Dracula. Mm. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then like in front of the billboard was like break glass, break glass in case of vampire. And they had like a stake in there, like a sharpened stake. Oh, that's cool. So I, that was my answer. And, and she's like, awesome. I'll pass it along. That's the greatest answer anyone's <laughs> ever given for this job. <laughs> yeah. So she passed along. <laughs> We need that kind of shit around here. You get it. You get it. Um, And then so a few weeks passed and I was like, all right, I'm moving home. And I was like, I'm ready, yada, yada. And uh, Did you put anything in motion? What's up? Did you put anything in motion to go home? Like, did you book a ticket? I was just looking at apartments. So it was was a search. Yeah. But not, you didn't take a first step. No, I didn't. Um, But I was ready to just like pack my car, head back to Philly Mm -hmm. or uh, Bucks County. Sure. Say, hey, mom and dad, I'm I'm home. I'm back. And I'm sure my dad would have loved that. Um, And so that was my idea. I was going to live at home, find an apartment in New York, and then start doing this sort of the same thing there, just looking for entertainment jobs. Sure. And uh, just because I thought L.A. was weird. L.A. is weird. If you're not used to it, if you're used to the East Coast, it's it's a LA whole different is weird. <laughs> LA, in my opinion, is not a city. It's yeah, a pocket it's of not. of five or six it's, cities. It's a collection of cities. Yeah. So like <laughs> I was weird. It was weird. I wasn't the only people I got along with out here were like people from the East Coast. I was like, what? Then why be here? Yeah. But it, everyone's transplants. Everyone's in it together. So it was. It ended up being all right. And this studio. Uh, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks later, reaches out. Is like, hey, can you come in for an interview? Had an interview with her. She turned out to be just an associate. Like, she basically was like, "Are you cool?" Type of like interview. It was very like low key. I had a nose ring at the time, and I wore the nose ring. I didn't like. I didn't really dress up or anything. She liked me enough, and then I met with my future boss um, for the first time. I brought like materials from DC Comics because one of the job requirements was knowing Adobe and like Adobe uh, InDesign and Photoshop and what have you. And I sort of lied to him like on the spot. (laughs) I showed him some artwork with like 
with some copy on it and for like framed up nicely. And he was like, oh, did you like, did you draw this artwork? And I was like, no, but like I formatted it this way, yada, yada. <laughs> I had never opened up Photoshop in wow. my life. So. Make it till you make it. So what's, yeah. the, what's this leading to? Solstice? Is that? This is Solstice. Okay. This is, so I ended up getting hired um, and it was great. Like uh, Dave Singh was my boss. He was one of the nicest guys ever. Um, he, he never yelled at me, but he was very stern when I was in the wrong. One time I missed, like, I wasn't tracking the budget, which was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we were getting close to like uh, breaking our budget. And he, he made sure I knew I was, I fucked up. But other than that, like super supportive, just trying to help me. And, and like my f- second month there, he was like, all right, so like, I need you to like start doing some Photoshop work. And I was like, hey, listen, like, I don't know it that well. And he was like, no sweat. Um, I think he assumed, like, he probably knew that I wasn't, because I was, I lied, but I didn't say I could do a ton of things. Mm-hmm. So I immediately started teaching myself. And I went on YouTube, I downloaded Photoshop, got it from my work computer, um, company bought it, it was awesome. And uh, it was like hieroglyphics to me. Like everything on there is insane. There's so many drop down menus. I was like, well, what is going on? It's intimidating at first. I do. Intimidating. I, so I guess my biggest question about this job, though, is like, it seems like a desk job in a sense. It is. And it so is. going back to doing this, even though you kind of had this idea for yourself that you were never going to go to a desk I didn't job know that again. yet, though. Okay. I know it now. You know I didn't it. know it yet. So it was from Solstice that, that kind of. It was the culmination. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to blame Solstice only because that was COVID year. So it was like me yeah. sitting by myself at my kitchen countertop. I had moved out of my old like room apartment, and I moved to North Hollywood mm-hmm. in an apartment with a buddy from Big Brother, and uh, I would literally roll out of bed, and my mattress was on a floor on a floor at the time. Throughout 2020, I slept on a mattress that sat on the floor. <laughs> I didn't get, I didn't even get a bed frame. I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, it was dark time. Started getting tattoos. Um, but Nose uh, ring. Nose ring. Wacky and wild. Grew out a beard. It's gross. Disgusting. Um, but uh, yeah, I would roll out of bed, go down to my kitchen to countertop and just work. And that was every day minus Saturday, Sunday, sometimes during the weekend when we had like deadlines. Like, I wouldn't even open my blinds. It was just like I was in a cave and it was like mm-hmm. COVID. But um, I learned a ton. I learned like a lot about deliverables, like post production jargon. Uh, if you're ever working for like a post production house, just like as simple as like DME splits, which is just dialogue music, uh, special effects hmm. or effect splits, like audio splits and sending them off. I had no idea what that meant. And I like, would try to Google these jargon terms when my boss was like, oh, send DME to this post house. And I would, I didn't want to ask him because I didn't want to seem dumb, um, but it would take me forever to find the answer. And finally I just started asking. I was like, dude, I don't know what these terms mean. He's like, oh, just just say that. Like, I understand you're only like 23, 24. So like, I can, I can assist you. So you're not like looking up things for half an hour. Yeah, that's nice. So I learned like not to be afraid to ask questions but what I'm getting to is while I was learning Photoshop, I loved it. It was hard, it was annoying, it was frustrating. A 
account called Friday Beers was rising. And uh, my brother showed me the account in like 2019 around like Thanksgiving or December. And like, I and this is just a social media account. This is a social media account on Instagram, just an Instagram account. And it was just videos mashed up together with text tracking, which is like the joke, the joke of the video like tracks with who's ever talking mm-hmm. instead of just like subtitles. And so I was like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. And I re-downloaded Instagram, got an Instagram because I had deleted it. I had been on social media for a while. And I started following them. And at the same time I was learning Photoshop, they started doing Movie Mondays, which is basically taking a popular movie and putting it into Friday beers like universe. So like for instance, one of their one of their terms is a bender. It's like having a bender, you drink a lot for like three days straight or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go on a bender. And uh, so for instance, they would take like Peaky Blinders and put like sneaky benders, like replace the title of the movie in the mm. Photoshop, like beers and cigarettes and beer bongs in the characters' hands of these posters, post them on Mondays and it's movie Monday. So I was like, oh, I feel like I could do that. So I started even going even harder on learning Photoshop, like on the weekends and started making movie posters for Friday beers and just sending it to their email, just kind of like spamming them. And finally they, they answer and they're like, dude, these are really good. Like, um, I look at, I look back at them now and they were shit, but like at the time, like that's all I could do. And the, the quality, the ones they were posting weren't like too quality. So I was like, I feel like I can do better. So they were like, these are great, yada, yada. I just kept learning. They kept asking me for posters. Then they started asking me for other Photoshops, for videos. Um, and they were using them? They were using them. Okay. Yeah. And were they and paying you? So they offered to pay me. And I said, I cannot accept payment due to my current work contract. It was like, uh, you work for Solstice Studios. You cannot do any work outside of this job. Sure. That's like not benefiting our company. Very noble of you. So I was like, I can't accept payment. I'll just do this for fun, basically, because I love your guys' content. Do it for some beers. Do it for some beers. <laughs> they they may have bought me beers at one point. Uh, like, just like, all right, we can't pay you. Like, let, let, us, <laughs> let us buy you beers again. Um, but uh, yeah, so then they started asking me for things like Photoshop work that I had no idea how to do. And I was like, yeah, I can for sure do that for you guys. No, no, no sweat. I'll get it to you like tomorrow. Went on YouTube, like learned how to do it and just kept like learning on the fly. And I kept sending stuff and they were like, dude, this is great. They'd give me like critiques here and there, but not not much. And uh, I so I kept doing that. I kept it very low key from Solstice. Like I was doing, although I was like doing it on my work laptop. So I was like Googling like beers, kegs, cigs on my work <laughs> laptop. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I finished out the year with Solstice. Uh, we released Unhinged uh, in the theaters. It did pretty well for like the first movie back in theaters. And uh, at the end of that year, I got laid off because they were like, hey, we don't need the marketing department anymore. We might just go to streaming. And uh, I had saved enough money in that last like two and a half years to say, all right, I'm taking a break. Like I need a break because COVID sucked. I hated it. Like I was depressed and just annoyed at everything. So I took mm-hmm. a break for like three months. 
let's continue to do work for Friday beers. And for the first three months of this year, I just like sat at home, hung out. Um, things started to open back up, just like kept learning Photoshop. Finally went to their headquarters in Venice, which is a house like off the boardwalk. So you're still giving them posters. You're still, still giving them posters. I get to meet them finally. You got to get paid? Yeah, then? I got to get paid once I was like off Solstice and stuff. In January. Um, in January. And uh, they actually super nice to them, which wasn't like asked for and expected at all. But they were like, we want to pay you for all the work that you've done thus far because I know you couldn't accept payment. So we're just going to like throw whatever it was at me. And I was like, oh, fantastic. So I kept doing doing the work for them. I knew I wanted to work for them. I just didn't know what their game plan was like eventually and how they would grow as a company. And uh, so I met them in person. Finally, I went to the HQ. It's run by the Barrett brothers, three brothers, super nice guys. Um, they started it like just on the fly while they're, they were working their real jobs as like for ad agencies and like media companies. One was working, I think, in real estate and they all started, they started it. It just caught super quickly and uh, they all moved out to LA. The one was in LA and the two others moved out. And The ad agency? The, the middle brother, yeah, he was working for an ad agency. I think he was writing like copy lines for like car companies. I could be wrong. Sorry, Max. Um, but uh, yeah, and so it kept growing like fast. And uh, I had asked a couple of times, I said, are you guys hiring? And uh, they were like, not yet. Like we honestly, we just started like doing this full time ourselves. Um, but they were still paying you for the posters. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a freelance, mm-hmm. like kind of like retainer type sure. deal. And uh, so then um, in March... I think they started to hire a couple people. They hired like a head of production. Um, I think like a, a coordinator. And then they just kept grinding it out. They were working on getting basically funding, basically investments like from people. They had like agents now, they had managers, yada, yada. Uh, June, they hired a designer, graphic designer and an editor so they didn't need you anymore yeah so i i called them i didn't know yet like i knew she was uh this designer was going to take on most of the design load because i by no means am i a professional designer i picked it up a little over a year ago so i was not heartbroken at all because i had signed my resume i said hey listen i can do design but i can also do x y and z here's my resume Mm -hmm. so they call he the oldest brother called me and said, hey, uh, we're going to hire you. It's just like, we can't right now, but we want you still like on retainer and you can be helping out with a ton of other things. We know how you work. It's good work. And every time you're in the office, you're like keeping your head down and people seem to like you here. And so just be patient. So I helped out with shoots. We did like a few a couple Bud Light shoots and other like uh, partnership shoots. I was still doing design work here and there. And then in September, I was brought on as a production and executive team coordinator. So I'm now full-time at Friday Beers. 
Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. We are drinking beers because Joe is works for Friday beers. It was only appropriate. <laughs> yes. Saturday <laughs> took, beers. Took us long enough. Now we're finally around at what you do for a living. Working so at Friday living, beers. I just yeah, I just drink beers on the weekend and post about it. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a so, college student? Yeah, I mean like they're much bigger now. Um I mean, what do you want to know? I want to know what Friday beers is. What my day to day is. No, I want to know what Friday beers is. I don't. I don't uh, yeah, we'll get into you. But uh, Friday beers is a, a multimedia company. So they started on Instagram, and it was kind of like a meme account. Kind of is still is, um, but they they're trying to create like kind of like a universe of like characters, which they have. They're not trying. They have. Mm-hmm. So they they created like they. They're writers at heart, comedy writers, and uh, they created characters. And it's basically everyone you know in your friend group. So there's a wild card. You have a you have a person in your friend group who's a wild card, and I'm sure you can probably think of that. Or like a dually who's like dually is the the life of the party. He's the he's the Gatsby. He like hosts mm-hmm. the pregame. He's the like he's the guy who gets all the boys together on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, fan favorite is like fringe guy he's like on the fringe of the friend group um should he be in the group chat should he not should i think one of their descriptions is like is he gonna get that like bachelor party weekend invite we don't know <laughs> so like that type of stuff and um so of these characters they also introduced uh dj press play mm-hmm. which is the guy that plugs in his phone and presses play and he is the DJ for the night. Like he has a playlist <laughs> ready. And so they created this character and this character evolved into an actual person with a helmet. No one knows who he is. And he goes around and does live events. Like Marshmallow? Like Marshmallow. I think the same guy that designed Marshmallow's helmet made Press Play's helmet. Oh, no way. But he's done, so DJ Press Play has done a Vegas show, Nantucket, Boston, um, DC, Philly, and like P- they're like selling out shows for DJ Presley, and so wow. that's become a huge part of Friday Beers, along with recent hires of creatives and funny guys, um, who of which run their now TikTok account, and uh, two of the funniest guys like I know, uh, Liam and Will run the Friday Beers TikTok, which is almost Friday. And these guys, same same deal. Like Liam, I think just just graduated in May. Will's my age, was working just like a desk job and but doing like fun things on the side. Mm-hmm. I, and, I was telling you I I know Will from watching TikTok. Yeah. He is he is one of the funniest people I know. Wow. It must be good to be working for somebody who's like really funny. So you actually it's, so it's weird. Yeah. Like because like you get to be creative at this company and I love it, but you never know if a joke's gonna land because there's so many funny people around that it's like, oh, like he's funnier. I don't know if this is gonna hit. So I feel like you can't help but compare this company in a way to Barstool. Is that the goal? Are they trying to be like a Barstool? What's the difference? Yeah, I mean like that is like everyone, everyone uses that comparison. But Friday Beers is trying to be like, more more scripted and more like have uh 
they, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but they have TV, TV development in the works, film development in the works. So it's like original content, original content, yeah, yeah, yeah. original yeah. scripted content. Yeah. While Barstool, I guess, is more just podcasts and Barstool is very much so like those, those Reactive, people working yeah. in the company are the personalities, which is great and obviously works. Um, but I think that's what separates the two. Um, and again, with Friday Beers, it's like we try to be as inclusive as possible. Um, and I think it does a good job of that because we stray away from the topics that are going to uh, end in people in the comments eating each other alive. That is like, that's the biggest thing. Like people, we don't want people, we just want like a safe place to come and like, like camaraderie. So you're not getting political? No. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the big. So what's your day to day real quick? Day to day. Um, it depends. Right now, I'm producing or helping to produce a man on the street show called How Many Beers um, on TikTok. It's so we we post promos and cut downs to TikTok. That's kind of like our advertising. But our we have a YouTube page called How Many Beers. Um, we have a few episodes out now. It's going well. This next episode is going to be fantastic we went to la comic-con and this show so this show did you pitch it and i did not pitch it i was i was brought on as a producer okay cool. um but i what's the premise (laughs) it's basically so we go to in and outside of la to events we think are gonna be funny and uh or fun to attend and basically the title how many beers it's how many beers to blah 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 mm. and the conversations always spiral i i just want to say this is seems like a very cool place to work it's like the new modernized way to get media out into the world of almost touching on every single possible platform that you can yeah you you're, uh, you you're unscripted you got your instagram your tiktok your tv i yeah no i mean i don't view it as work and that's why I'm so happy. And that's why, like, uh, after Solstice, I stuck around. Because I was thinking about leaving before Solstice. And then I thought for maybe a second after Solstice. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to, like, I'm going to feel this Friday beers thing out. I'm just going to, like, invest my time with them and yeah. take take a gamble that they're going to hire me. Um, and they did. So it paid off. And Monday through Friday, I'm not working. Like I'm working, but I'm just like having so much fun because really what you're doing is being topical and funny mm-hmm. or trying your best to be topical and funny and working with some of the funniest people you've met. Are you finding that there's an art to it of there being is. comical? There definitely is because, you know, you go to you go to what posts work and what don't and you see all the impressions and stuff and you're like, oh, why did that hit? I wonder why you look at the comments they're like oh that really hit home this specific line really hit home for me and it's got like 500 likes uh so yeah like it is interesting to see what works for some people i, I guess it's a science in a way as well it's yeah um it's it's yeah it's it's a weird thing to navigate because you mm-hmm. want to be inclusive but you know like it has that stigma of being like only for dudes um and only for people who like um are drinking every weekend but it's just in my opinion um and i'm not someone who drinks every weekend or like wants to party every every night or every weekend sure and i still find it hilarious 
because I can look back at like memories I had of college. I was like, oh, that is so accurate. That's weirdly accurate. Like that's a weirdly accurate joke that you just made. <laughs> Because uh, a lot, because yeah. you start to see in the comments, you start to see in the, with the people that follow um, how many similar experiences people have had, and it's kind of like a, a nice little community of people who can just like joke with one another. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. I would like to tie this full circle. Maybe make this a little thematic in the way. Here we are. You're talking about Big Brother, and you're saying you want to keep your head down and and not be that over eagerly person. Or overzealous person, and then here you are at Salsa Studios, and you're out here sending emails to a social media company that your brother showed you, and it ends up being the best job you ever had. I, I think uh, that irony there is is beautiful in a way, and it's great that you're able to find what you wanted uh, almost by. Learn going in the way that you thought you were going in the opposite way that you thought you were supposed to. No, that's a great point. I never even thought about that. But um, (laughs) uh, I think like it was more or less I wasn't looking for a job at the time when I was like sending emails or sending countless emails. It was more or less like I need an outlet to have fun outside Mm -hmm. of work and to your point is like yeah i was i was overstending myself a little bit and it ended up paying off like if you and i mean it's the age of you find something you like it's not work and it wasn't work for me and it still isn't it's just fun i'm having a great time now and i'm happy to still be here do you think you're funnier now being surrounded by these people <laughs> I, I might be less funnier <laughs> comparatively yeah. but like i'm it's talking sick. marginally no they're they're definitely teaching me teaching <laughs> good me, uh, you pick up on it yeah yeah I, I have one more question and it is where do you go from here what what do you eventually want to do i mean you were at marketing you were on set now you're at a multimedia company producing what is is there a goal or are you happy where you are and kind of just riding the wave i um yeah so i've been asked that question probably every week since i've moved out here um which (laughs) is fine which yeah what's next but i'm so happy right now uh with the job i have that like honestly it's up to whatever like i'll just take it in stride basically i'm not looking for anything else i don't want anything else at the for the time being i want to keep learning and meeting these people and understanding this company and how the industry works. Um, uh, I mean, I went to school for film and media with a concentration in producing. So I'm producing how many beers and I'm producing uh, a golf channel show or helping to produce, uh, it's called Country Club Adjacent, which is kind of under the Friday beers umbrella. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's just like, helping to be creative in any way because we're such a small company and that's really at the end of the day the only thing i want to do how can i help be creative or how can i be creative on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. rather than like uh i'm not knocking anyone who has a desk job i just don't this is not me um rather than sitting down and being at a desk and doing it's just like, yeah, as long, if I can get in the zone and just start to be creative, that's like my ideal scenario. 
Amen. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, long story. Yeah, you answered it. Did I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. Good. <laughs> but you you can wrap it up if you want to. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say I'm happy. I'm finally happy where I am now, where I'm not looking towards the future. What a way to end the podcast. It's a great place to be. Oh, Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank Joe. you, Thank Joe. You this is awesome. Ah, you're killing it. I'm so happy for beer, you. Dude, why yeah. not? Another beer. Let's have Friday beers more often. You live a mile down the road. Yeah, what the frick, guys? Yeah, I know. You live so close. We we should do this. Let's before. go see Spider Man. You'll course. come on the guest every week. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming on. Let's do our thank yous. Thank you, Ross, Ross for, for producing. producing. <laughs> the podcast uh we're the mail room where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals and uh we're signing off because tyler has to go to a ski convention so we gotta get out of here i gotta ski dazzle <laughs> you gotta ski dazzle. let's go dude. um all right well thank you joe and uh we'll Thanks see you next boys. time